Good morning, Church of the Holy Spirit. Can we just give God some praise? He is worthy of. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we're so grateful to be in your presence. We know that you're here. We are grateful, God, that you are here to speak to us by your spirit and by your word. God, I don't know what they need, but you know what they need. So I'd ask, God, that you would meet them right where they are, that you would speak individually to each one of us here and speak collectively to us by your spirit and by your word. It's your word that has authority to save, to heal, and to deliver today. So do that to your people, God. Speak to them so boldly, so precisely, so clearly. We give you thanks. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for your love for us. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you just give him some more praise? It's all right. He is the God who orchestrates our lives. He's the God who conducts our lives. And sometimes he does it in amazing, incredible ways. And sometimes he does it so quietly and so minutely that we don't even see it. And what he's doing here in the book of Acts is bringing his church together. He's bringing them together, and, 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 and sometimes it takes a little while for us to get it, right? And, and we're going to see that in two individuals in the book of Acts, chapter 10. Um, let's just do that now. Let's do that. In the book of Acts, chapter 10, God is orchestrating the lives of two men that we the Gentiles might be saved, us, the non-Jews, because at this time the church was consisting of Jewish Christians and at this point even some Samaritans. But the Gentiles, the door hadn't been opened up to bring the Gentiles in. That's us. That's us. That ought to be shouting news that God said, the door's open. Come on and be saved. Well, we see here he's going to orchestrate the lives of two gentlemen the first one I want to introduce to you is Cornelius. In Acts 10, we see this gentleman, Cornelius, lived in Caesarea, and he is a centurion, uh, uh, a commander of a hundred soldiers. Centurion, century, meaning a hundred. Commander of a hundred men. And, and it says three things that are so, so sweet about this centurion. It says, first of all, that he was a devout man. This, this man, Cornelius, was a devout man, which means he was committed and devoted to his religious duties. That kind of baffles me because I, I, I see he's a Roman soldier, too, and a Roman soldier who was religious to and devoted to his duties. But, I, but not only that, it, it says that he gave alms generously to the people. And, and to give alms, it means that he gave of his time of his resources, and of his money to help others. In particular, the scripture speaks about how he gave to the Jewish nation. Cornelius, a Roman soldier, devout, he gave of his alms, but not only that, it says that he prayed to God always. Now, what does pray to God always mean? He prayed to God always. That's what that means. He prayed to God always means he prayed. To God always. So let's look at Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, we'll start. Well, one more thing I left out. Look, it also says in verse 2 that he feared God. He was a God-fearer. 
And God-fearers were were non-Jews that had given up the practice of their pagan religion and their pagan customs to serve Jehovah God. They had not yet become a full Jew because to become a full Jew, you needed to follow all the customs, all of the Jewish laws, and all of the traditions, the dietary measures, and you needed to be circumcised. Cornelius was a God-fearer, but not a full Jew. And one of the other things is that he had not yet accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He didn't know. So we see now God is going to orchestrate these two people to come together that we, the Gentiles, the Cornelius, could be saved. Verse number three and four. Let's look at that in chapter 10 of Acts. About the ninth hour of the day, which was 3 p.m., he saw clearly Cornelius. Cornelius saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius? And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. This is amazing, you all. This is where God is beginning to do the incredible. An angel shows up at your doorstep. What happens to you? What do you do? And I'll tell you what I do. I pass out. <laughs> but it shows that Cornelius was afraid. He was afraid, but he said, what is it, Lord? What is it, Lord? And he tells him that your arms, the things, your prayers, the things that you're doing, they've come up to the Lord and he sees uh, that, that Greek word for that, let me see if I can get that for you. That Greek word for God sees is minanusium. Um, it means God is, is a memorial that God would remember you. I'm amazed. I'm amazed and I'm grateful too that God sees us in any situation. I can also be fearful that God sees us in any situation. I'm grateful that he sees me when I'm hurting, when I'm crying when I'm lost, when I don't know how to stand in front of people like you. It's not always good to stand in front. It's not always easy, I mean, to stand in front of people. And you get fearful and you, 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 you get tongue-tied. But God says, I'm going to stand with you. God says, I see you. And in every situation, you need to know that God sees you. Again, that could be good or that could be not so good. But I'm glad that he's the God who sees. And he tells Cornelius that it's all good. God sees your prayers and your devotion and your faithfulness. But now this is what the angel says to Cornelius in verse 5 through 8. You with me? And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel spoke to him, When the angel spoke to him, had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. So here is this Cornelius, this devout man who gave alms and served God, who prayed to God always, who was a God-fearer. He hears from an angel of the Lord. Let me introduce you to Peter who God is going to now miraculously bring Peter and Cornelius together. 
We know a lot of things about Peter. We, he, his characteristics are not so similar, but are some, somewhat similar to Cornelius's. But listen to Peter's characteristics. Peter was bold. Peter was outspoken. Peter was a fighter. If he was a good aim, he'd cut your head off, but I remember he cut a guy's ear off. I think he was aiming at his head, but he cut his ear off. Peter was a fighter. Peter was sometimes hard-headed. Anybody y'all know? Peter, 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 Peter was doubted. Peter doubted. Peter's faith was tested. Peter failed the test. Peter was brave. Peter walked on water. Peter was restored back to the Lord. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter loved Jesus. Man, two men, God wants to bring them together for his glory and for our good. Listen, listen. Starting in verse number nine, we introduce Peter. We bring Peter into the scene. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, which is about 12 noon. And he became angry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. Now look at God working again. And saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its corners, four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, The men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to your house and hear what you have to say. So Peter invited them in to be his guests. Look at God, you all, orchestrating Cornelius and Peter to meet, that the Gentiles might be welcomed into the body of Christ. I'm thinking about Cornelius at this point. When Cornelius is spoken to by the angel and he sends these guys to look for Peter, can you imagine now he's going over to his friends and he's saying, look, an angel of the Lord spoke to me and, 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 and Peter, he's going to send Peter to my house and Peter is going to tell us what God has to say. Come, come. He gets his friends, he gets his relatives and he's excited about hearing from the Lord. Let me tell you, every Sunday, that's how you ought to be. 
Every Sunday, you ought to come in here and you say, I'm going to church because God has something to say to me. Every time you open up the Word, you say, God, I know you're going to speak to me. Every time you come in this place, have an expectation that you're going to have an encounter with God. Because he's here. He's the God who sees you in every situation. Don't think like I used to think that you're getting away with stuff. But know this. Know this. That God sees you in your good. And I'm grateful that he has mercy in our bad. I'm grateful that this kind of love doesn't give up on us. But this love that God has for us. He sees us and we should have an expectation that he wants to meet with us. He has what's called, and I dare to say it, staying a reckless love, a reckless love for us. What kind of God, and I say this because, and I preface it best by saying, what kind of God would sacrifice his own son for us? What kind of God would let men drive spikes in his son's hands for people that turn their backs on him, for people that, that don't love him, what kind of God? He's reckless because he loves you so much and whatever it takes to gain your heart, he'll do it. This kind of love is bringing Cornelius and Peter together that we Gentiles might be able to come together and be a part of the body of Christ. The big picture is not who you are and what you can do. The big picture is God wants you to show the love of Jesus. He wants you to show the power of Jesus. He wants you to show the forgiveness of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus. He wants you to get it so you can give it. He wants you to get it so you can give it. God wants to order your steps and orchestrate your life. Look at Peter. In verse number 19, it says, While Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. So the Holy Spirit has to tell Peter, go without hesitation. Why? Because Peter was hesitating. Because Peter was hesitating. Peter was trying to figure out, Lord, what is it you want me to do? And the Holy Spirit said, I done told you what to do. Go down there and meet with these men. See, see the thing is, Jews did not associate with non-Jews because of the customs, because of the traditions, because they, their lifestyles were different. And Peter had barriers. These were barriers that kept him from being able to associate and be a witness to somebody else. Let me tell you, we've got barriers, y'all. We've simply got barriers. We do. We, we create them our own selves sometimes, but, but, but sometimes because I don't look like you, I can't talk to you. Sometimes I don't dress like you, we can't associate. Sometimes I might not work at the same place you work at, so I might not have the same prestige that you have, so we... We can't talk. We can't associate. I used to work at Allstate for about 28 years. And I can remember my early years at Allstate, we used to always dress going to, going to work. Man, we wear ties and all that stuff going to work. And, and, and we'd be in there. And when lunchtime came, the lunchroom was segregated, not by color, but by managers and upper management and regular employees. And they just did not sit together. We were not told that that was the rule, but it was an unspoken rule, and we did not associate with one another. 
It's amazing the barriers that we have. But it's also amazing that God orchestrates our lives. God orchestrated my life years ago, and and I didn't see him doing it. My mother, um, she raised five children, and I was the youngest. I was the baby. I had an older brother and three older sisters, and um, mom worked a 40-hour week job. And still to make ends meet, she had to do what was then called day work on Saturdays. And she would go in people's homes and clean up. And two, two families in particular were the, were the homes which she would go into uh, and work on Saturday and clean up their homes. And these were white families. Uh, this was back in the 70s, early 74, 75. I was 15 years old. And mom would go, I, I can only remember one of the family's names. And her name was Gillespie. If you all know any Gillespies after my story, please tell her thank you. Um, my mom worked in Miss Gillespie's house, and she, um, she said to my mom one day, she said, Miss Henderson, you, you have a son at home, don't you? My mom said, yeah, I have a son at home. Let me back up. Let me just tell you, I didn't like my mama going in y'all's homes and cleaning up, in case you didn't hear that. I didn't like my mama going in you all's homes and cleaning up. There was a certain pride, or, or you can maybe even call it a prejudice that I had, that I didn't know it was in me, but it was. But my mama said they always treated her with such love and such dignity, and they respected her. And she would come back and have all of these great things to say about Miss Gillespie and, and the other family. And my mama said, uh, she... she she came to her and she said, you got a son at home? And my mom said, yeah. She said, well, my son has gone off to college. And she said he left his guitar at home. She said, would you give that guitar to your son? And my mom said, yeah. She said, I'll take it home. Thank you. So my mom came home with this guitar, not this guitar, but she came home with a guitar and it was an acoustic guitar. Similar to those, not as expensive as those, but very similar to those, with the exception that it only had four strings on it. And guess what has four strings on it? A bass guitar. Look at God orchestrating this. And she comes home with this guitar and she says, Steve, Miss Gillespie said she wanted to give you this. Said her son has gone off to college and she wanted you to have it. And I said, thanks, Mom. And, and I took it and I smiled. And I closed the door and I said, I don't want to have anything with that guitar. I don't want to have anything with that guitar. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I put the guitar in the corner and I left it there for months. It may have been five, six months before I picked it up. And one day I picked it up and I just thought, I was just going up and down on the strings, not doing anything, not... is that? Batman. That's what I did. That's what I did. I said, oh, Batman, Batman. And, and, I, and, I, and I realized that I could play a song and I got interest in, in playing and learning how to play this thing, not knowing that God was orchestrating my life. 
Now, let me tell you, I took a lot of wrong turns. I played in a lot of clubs. I played in a lot of places. I did a lot of drugs. But God was just reeling me back in little bit by little bit. He was orchestrating my life because he has a reckless love for me. And he has a reckless love for you. And he is orchestrating our lives. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, but still you give yourself away. And oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Isn't he reckless? Doesn't he love you so much that he orchestrates your life that you might be his mouthpiece? That's what he wants. That's what he wants. He wants you to give it so you can give it. My wife and I, we, 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 um, we don't see color. No, we do see color. <laughs> we do see color. But we don't see color as an opposition. We see color as a blessing. Look at God. Look at creation. Look at everything that God has made. God has so many beautiful mixtures. We see the rainbow and we see all the colors in the rainbow. It's been about 20 years now or more that God has used my wife and I to come and minister with people and worship with people that don't look like us. And you know, that is all right. The greatest thing is that God sees us. I was walking on the Greenway yesterday. Oh, by the way, I, I meant to tell you all, this is an extended service. I think I have about an hour and a half to preach today. <laughs> so, so just hang in there with me. I've got stories. I was walking on the Greenway yesterday and, and, and there were a lot of people on the Greenway riding bikes and, 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 and running by me. And I'm like, gosh, am I that old? And they were running by me. And, but there were several people that didn't see me. And I was ready to give them a smile and how you doing and God bless you. And they didn't see me. I'm grateful that God sees me. I'm grateful that God sees you, no matter what it is, no matter the hurt, no matter the pain. God sees you, and he wants you to know that he's walking with you through this. Mm, 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 mm. Somebody ought to praise him. Hallelujah. Let me read these last few verses. These last few verses that when Peter finally comes to Cornelius' house, God had given him a word. And in verse 34 of Acts 10, if you would follow me, it was read a little bit earlier. So Peter opened up his mouth in verse 34 and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This great message of salvation will not change, but it will and it can change your life. It will and it can change your life. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today you can do that. You can come around these round, these curved rails and you can have a one-on-one with God. Why? Because he's here. Why? Because he sees you. Why? Because he knows you, because he understands you and he loves you. And if you, don't want, if you want somebody to pray with you on the straight rails, somebody can be there and meet you there to intercede with you. But he loves you and he bids you to come. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathe your life in me. Tell him, you have been so, so kind to me. Won't you lift your hands to him? And oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves a 99, and I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, but still you give yourself away, Jesus, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how you've spoken to us. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you that you see us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bless you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.